And I would say the number one soft skill is you need to figure out who you are in your business. And more importantly, you need to figure out who you're not in your business. Because if you're trying to be who you're not, then your business will never grow and it'll never scale. You are listening to Amplifier Success Podcast, episode 370. And today we're going to expand our mindset and learn how to succeed faster. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expert-based entrepreneurs who are ready to have consistent five and six-figure months. Today, we're going to be talking about mindset in a very different way than you've probably heard about before. And if you've heard about my upcoming bold growth event, then this episode is going to get you even more excited about what we're going to cover in the Bold Growth event at the end of this month. Boldgrowthevent.com if you want to get the details and secure your spot for the program. Now, the growth mindset is something that was popularized by a woman by the name of Carol Dweck. I like to think of it as a bold growth mindset. And bold growth is the idea that you are going to dissolve the barriers that you have had in place, even maybe unconsciously, that are holding you back from catapulting the impact as well as the income in your business. But to do that, you can't focus on incremental growth. You have to focus on taking bold steps and quantum leaps. And for some people, they're like, yes, that's what I want. Other people are like, yeah, I'm good where I'm at. But yet you complain about money. You complain about not having the impact you'd hoped about. And that's because sometimes there's some fear or limiting beliefs that are coloring the way you see growth. And I get it because I struggled with this for so long myself, uh, even though I'd had so many different ways that my growth was catapulted, I still had a hook in it's hard and it's going to require more work and there's that hustle that has to go with it. And that may be true at points, but what I want to introduce to you at the event is what can happen when you literally shatter your limits and focus on bold growth steps that act like a quantum catapulter. So if that's intriguing to you, you definitely want to secure a spot at the Bold Growth event at the end of the month. So head over to boldgrowthevent.com and get your spot. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we have a really extraordinary guest. You're going to meet Brian Will. He is a highly experienced serial entrepreneur and best-selling author of The Dropout, multi-millionaire. And his newest book, Know the Psychology of Sales and Negotiations. He's host of the Drop Dropout Multimillionaire Podcast. He's mentored numerous businesses and helped drive billions of dollars in sales. Not millions, but billions. Really take note of that. And I cannot wait to get all of your great insights and hear the ahas as we explore Brian's proven strategies for success from his wealth of experience in the business world. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Melanie, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's always a good one when we're going to yeah. talk about what we're going to talk about. I mean, the, <laughs> literally, this topic could not be covered enough on our show because every time we talk about anything that has to do with mindset, I just get so much love mail <laughs> from all of our listeners going, oh my gosh, I love when you talk about mindset. So uh, this is going to be good. And I guess uh, as you're listening in, that's a little preview. We're going to be talking about growth mindset and how it plays out in business. So Brian, let's just roll right in. Like, what do you think, like, what does growth mindset contribute to us as entrepreneurs and business leaders? You know, growth mindset is no different than entrepreneurial mindset, honestly. It's the same thing, right? So if we're going to build a business, we have to understand that there are a lot of things that go into that. One of them is literally how you think and how you think will determine whether you can get started. It will determine whether you weather the hard times. It will determine whether you can grow, you can scale your business, and it will determine ultimately whether you want to keep it or sell it, depending on how you build that business. So mindset is literally everything. In fact, I, I wrote this article called The Five Keys to Success, and it was published in Forbes magazine. And the number one key is why are you doing this? And it's all about the mindset of why you're in this business, why you're building it. What is your why has to be so strong, your mindset has to be so strong that you can weather all the issues that are going to come at you uh, as you build and scale that business. So mindset's really the key. Well, let's get a little context going here. How long have you been in business? You know, I started my first business when I was 21, and uh, that was a landscaping company. Mm -hmm. Built it into seven franchises in about eight years. Uh, and I, as I like to say, I was doing good until I wasn't. And that business collapsed and I lost everything. And I mean everything. I had to sell literally everything I had. My daughter had health problems. And um, that's one of those moments where you have to make a choice. I'm either going to collapse as a human being and just go cry and get a job and, and not survive this. Or I'm going to pick myself back up and keep pushing forward. And I did started my second company and within two years sold it to a venture capital firm. And that was my first VC exit. So hmm. uh, that was purely just bulldog mindset that when everything goes wrong, you've just got to keep moving forward. After that, I did another deal. We sold to venture capital. I did another deal that we did to private equity, went into consulting and in fortune 500 companies doing sales and sales management consulting, started another company that didn't go anywhere. We sold it for nothing, wrote three books, got into politics, bought a chain of restaurants, got a rental, commercial residential rental uh, real estate company. And today I run a coaching program for entrepreneurs in the two to 30 million revenue range. So mm. big, long 30 year background. So I've been in business for 23 years. You've been in business for over 30 years, sounds like. And what I'm hearing around this mindset is that mindset is going to allow you to continue to thrive and sometimes know when you're not thriving and you're going to need to exit. It gives you the ability to um, like be more resourceful, right? Like that's really, I think the bottom line for a lot of us is if you're going to continue to make a business successful when you're navigating challenges, you have to mm -hmm. be resourceful. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I, I've, I've like the whole beginning of my second book, the, the Dropout Multimillionaire. We talk about what I call your personal filter, which is in a sense your mindset, right? And your personal filter, basically, what I say is 
Number one, if you've never been in business before, you've never been successful in businesses for before, you need to understand that you don't know what you're doing. And you don't know what you're doing, not because you're a bad person or you're, but it's literally because you've just never had the background and the experience to understand how to make the decisions that are going to be necessary to be successful in whatever it is you're doing. Right. And so I always, I always say, look, every single thing that's ever gone in your head is still in your head and it acts as this filter, right? That sits behind your conscious. It's kind of a subconscious filter that it's reacting in real time and it accepts and rejects information in real time as that information comes at you. And whether it accepts it or rejects it, depend, that, that accept or reject will depend on how you react and what you do moving forward. Well, if you've never been in success, if you've never been successful in business, when that information comes at you, you don't know how to accept or reject it successfully or not. And many times you will not accept the correct information, which will lead you to making bad decisions. This is all about the mindset or this personal filter. And as I like to say, if you're going to succeed in business, there's a hundred mistakes that you're going to make. A hundred, at least a hundred. And you can succeed at any level you want, as long as you're willing to go through every single one of those mistakes and learn from each one to get where you're ultimately going to go. And then the last piece I'll tell you is there is a way to skip those mistakes. And the way you skip those mistakes is you bring a coach or a mentor in who's already made them, who's already got the mindset that you need, who can already see everything you can't see, who's experienced everything you're about to experience, and you bring them in and you let them help you guide your mental thinking, guide your decision making, guide everything you're doing. They will help you skip those hundred steps and you will succeed at a much faster rate. So personal filter mindset to me is exactly the same thing. Yeah, I like the call it personal filter. I, I often call it your filtering system. And and by the way, like I, to me, like one of the personal personal filtering systems I had to install early on was to embrace the learnings and failures rather than define my ability to grow as I failed. Like I, it was right. a very different kind of like mindset for me. So that I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with because they keep thinking if I've if I've had a failed attempt. I'm not good at this. And it like leads to them having uh, kind of like a downward spiral versus, hey, it's learning. How can you implement yeah. it and so move on? Two things we always say, everything you do is a post failure analysis and a post success analysis. If what you did failed, then you do the analysis, figure out what failed, and then you just don't do that again. Right. I always hear, I'm sure you've heard this, you have to fail to succeed. And I, I literally cringe when I hear that because that's not true. Failure will lead to failure if you don't learn from the failure. It's learning from the failure that allows you to succeed. Every successful business goes through a progression, right? The old adage that, you know, took Edison a hundred light bulbs before he got one that worked. He could have quit at 50. He could have quit at 80. He could have quit at 99. And he didn't. He kept failing until he finally stopped making all those mistakes and got it right. And that's the same way it is in business. You can succeed if you're willing to go through all the failures and learn from every single one. Now, the key to that is, yeah, but I have said so many failures, Melanie. Oh my God. Well, look, everybody's dealt a hand of cards. And if you have successful entrepreneurial parents and you have lots of money behind you and you've got backing and you've got a reputation, you might only have to learn 20 of those. But if you're like me, I'm a kid who came from nowhere. I failed out of high school. I had to learn a hundred plus another 10. I had to figure out how to get out of high school first, right? So you might have to learn more lessons and have more failures than the next person, but that's irrelevant. The fact is you have to do what you have to do 
And you just have to keep going and not quit until you get there. And you can succeed at whatever it is you're doing at whatever level you want to succeed at. Well said. I like that a lot. I, I We've talked about mindset a little bit, but I, I'm going to assume being in business as long as you have been and as many different business models as you've been in, that you know some key soft skills that entrepreneurs need to prioritize and, mm -hmm. and that they need to develop them. What are they and why do they need them? So the number one skill, we'll call it a soft skill. And I, I love the way, I love the fact that you said soft skills because my book, when I talk about the dropout multi-millionaire, I say it's not about opening a checking account and learning how to do, it's really all the soft skills behind business, right? And I would say the number one soft skill is you need to figure out who you are in your business. And more importantly, you need to figure out who you're not in your business. Because if you're trying to be who you're not, then your business will never grow and it'll never scale. And by that, I mean, again, back to my book, and I, I mirrored a little bit out of the e-myth, you know, there are these multiple personalities that you have to have in order for your business to succeed and scale at a, at a big level. And number one, you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be willing to take some risk. You have to have a manager in your business, someone that can manage all the details. You have to have a salesperson, somebody who can go out and sell everything. You have to have a technician, somebody that does the actual work, right? So we have to have these four personalities. The problem is too many people are technicians and they start their business thinking they're CEOs. They're really good at doing the work, but they're not really good at running a business. And, and that's, this is a key soft skill is understanding who you're not. And I always use, I use the example in the book of Joe the plumber, right? Joe's a plumber, works for XYZ company. He's been plumbing for 15 years. He makes 50 bucks an hour, but the company charges 150. Well, one day Joe wakes up and says, why are they billing 150 and I only get 50? I'm going to start my own business and we're going to call it Joe's Plumbing. So Joe starts Joe's Plumbing and now Joe's in business, right? Now, I will tell you that if Joe's Plumbing fails, ultimately, it will not be because Joe doesn't know how to be a plumber. It will be because Joe doesn't know how to run a business. Because running a business is a soft skill. Joe was a technician who thought he was a CEO and he's not. So finding out who you are not in your business then focusing on what you do well and backfilling your business with other personalities, whether they're partners or employees, will ultimately lead to your ability to scale your business and succeed instead of fail. Too many businesses fail because the person who started it thinks they are something they're not, and it keeps them from growing. So hmm. who are you and who are you not? That's a huge soft skill you need to learn. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, I was just thinking about all the people that I've coached over the years who have um, gone into their business around their expertise and they never get past a certain point in revenue or impact because mm -hmm. they refuse to get the things off their plate that they're not, the, the things they're not right. good at, the things they don't have time for and how, um, how much of a derailer that is to the reason they got into business in the first place. And so I'm curious, what do you think is the number one reason because you specialize in working with people at the multi-million dollar level and beyond. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the number one reason why people don't make it into that level of success in their business? So it's funny you say it because my last week's podcast was on this exact topic. And we huh. call this success in your business is not about knowing how to do everything in your business. It's about delegating everything in your business to somebody else who knows how to do it better than you. 
Okay. Too many entrepreneurs. So I, I look at entrepreneurs all the time. Melanie, I promise you've seen this because you just alluded to it. I started my own business for one of two reasons or both. I want to make a lot of money and I can create a lifestyle that I cannot have in a job. This is why we go into business. We don't go into business to kill ourselves. And yet, how many entrepreneurs do you see one, two, three years down the road working 80, 90 hours a week doing exactly the opposite of the reason they got into business? They got into business to create a lifestyle and now they don't even see their family, right? And it's because the entrepreneurial ego that at 40 hours a week they were successful and then they grew and they went to 50 and then they grew some more and they went to 60, then 70 and 80. And pretty soon they have no more time left. There's no more time, there's no more personal bandwidth and therefore the company stops growing. So one of two things happens. Either they stagnate at this level because they're giving it everything they've got. Kids hadn't seen them. Husband or wife's like, I don't know who that person is anymore. They barely come home for dinner. Or something happens to them and not their business doesn't grow anymore. Not only does it not grow, but it actually goes backwards. Because if somebody isn't there to do those tasks, their business is going to crash and burn. All that happens because they haven't understood that they need to delegate everything in their company that can be delegated. We start with admin, de delegate the admin. Why are you doing $10 an hour tasks? Then we go to marketing. Why are you out doing the marketing? Then we go to sales and then we go to executive level. So there's different levels of delegation. It's that lack of delegation, which a lot of times is based on fear. And it's a fear that the person we delegate to will not do it as good as them or as fast as them because they think they're gonna, they should hire somebody that's gonna do everything exactly the way they do. And you know that's not possible. If you hire somebody that can do it 80% as good as you, you have a home run. But they're afraid to do that because they're afraid of losing. The second one is they're afraid of losing the income, right? So if I have an entrepreneur that is consuming 100% of the profits in their business, they can't delegate because they can't afford it. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to understand that their business will take a profit hit so that they can hire the right person so that they can delegate the task to free up their personal time to do what they do best, which is grow the company, right? So business stagnation is because of a lack of delegation 80% of the time. The entrepreneur just refuses to, whether they are afraid of the money lost or they're afraid that the people won't do it as good, or it's an ego issue. They just think they're better than everybody else. So that, or that, that they're the superhuman. <laughs> they think they're superhuman. Yes. And so they run out of bandwidth or their wife divorces them like mine did, unfortunately. Right. Or their kids forget who they are. You know, the exact opposite reason we got into business. So mm. this is this is where you this is where you got to get in and sit them down and go, why did you get into business? And yes. is that what you're still doing here? Yes, this, the cost. Fix this. There's an opportunity cost when you keep it all in, in your own realm and you don't delegate. And yes. I'm glad we're talking about this a little bit because. I think people have this myth in their head that they can do it all and mm -hmm. they don't understand the cost, not just the hard cost of like, I'm losing sales, I'm losing momentum, I'm losing growth potential, but literally the energetic cost, the relationship cost. There's always a cost if you're trying to hold on to it all yourself. And um, to me, it's not worth it, but to me, yes. Listen, I had this conversation two weeks ago with an entrepreneur and I said, listen, don't win the world and lose everything that's important to you because it will not be worth it. Mic drop moment right there. Then that's uh let's just make sure everybody's locked that into their mind. If you're not delegating enough, that cost is too high. So remember, yeah. this may be that moment it's time to look at what it what you want to get off your plate.
I wrote one of the chapters in my book is called, was it worth it? Right. Mm -hmm. I've got houses and boats and planes and beach house. I got, and yet I got divorced. And I, when I got divorced, my son stayed with his mom for four years. So I didn't get to see him in high school. So if you ask me today, was it worth it? The answer is no. If I could go back and do it again, I would have done it differently because that cost was too high, but I did not see that in the moment. And that once again is why you bring in a good coach or a mentor mm. to help you see the things that you cannot see because you have your entrepreneurial blinders on. That blind spot is a dark, very uh, painful place when, when it gets illuminated, especially uh, when, when you're looking at it in the rearview mirror, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we were in the we, in the green room, we were talking a little bit about how the game of sales has really changed a lot in the last 12 months. You know, since mm -hmm. the beginning of 2023, we've seen a significant change in the market. And I know this is one of the areas that's a great strength of yours is sales. I'm just curious, like, what would be an example of a key principle? And I know you use a lot of psychological principles that could benefit our listeners right now around sales. So I'll give you a, a, an example and a story. So I had a, a person who used to work for me. I was doing a, a project out in Portland, Oregon, and I was the interim CEO for this company and I had all these people working for me. And I left that project. I came back to Atlanta and one of the guys had called me and he said, hey, I left the company we were, we were working for and I started my own business and I'm. And I'm trying to get past the gatekeeper. Can you help me? What do I say? What do I do? What's my magic sales line? What's my my cheesy voodoo, you know, whatever it is? And I said, Chris, let me ask you a question. I said, why should they buy your product? And why should they buy it from you? And he goes, well, because, because I, I give great customer service. I said, so what? Who cares? So does everybody. What else you got? He's like, well, because I care about their employees. I said, yep. So what? Who cares? What else you got? And he goes, I don't know. What should I say? I said, I don't know, Chris. What is unique about your business that turns it from a commodity that they can buy anywhere else from anybody else, including the owner's wife's cousin, by the way, who probably works in the same industry? What is unique about your product and what is unique about you? that is gonna make somebody be attracted to you personally and your product. And if you can figure that out, then your product goes from a commodity to something that is unique that people want. If all you're selling is a commodity in today's day and time, you're toast because everybody's out there selling the same thing. I talked to an HVAC company yesterday and they were like, we need to increase marketing. I said, what's different about your HVAC than at least 20 other companies in the market? And they're like, we don't know. I'm like, okay, well, you better go figure that out. Otherwise, you're just a commodity. You're never going to grow because people can buy your product anywhere. And now it's price-driven. And price-driven means the lowest person wins. And the lowest person is probably going to be out of business next year because you can't sell stuff that low. So the key to sales in an environment like this is what is unique about you and your product and why should people buy it from you? And I don't know what the answer is to that question for every business out there. That's something you got to figure out. But when you do, you have some, you, you've got a niche in the market. Yeah, I would agree. And and I think especially for those of you that uh, do educational coaching, uh, transformation type services of any kind, there are a bazillion people that sound just like you right now mm -hmm. in your market, exactly where your ideal clients are looking for solutions. So that advice that uh, Brian just gave us is must have going forward. Really know what sets you apart and be willing 
to um, showcase it, to talk about it, to create your messaging so that it's clear what that is. And I think that's maybe a part two I'd be curious about is once you understand what that is that sets you apart, how do you make sure people know about it? Because I think a lot of people are a best kept secret because they don't know how to communicate that in, in a way that their clients can hear it or see it. Yep. And now you're into the marketing piece. And I'm I'm going to unfortunately plug somebody else here. And it's Alex Hermosi. Hmm. Whether you like the guy and his weird nose thing or not, his book, $100 million offers and $100 million leads is amazing information on how to do marketing for whatever it is you've got. When he talks about lead magnets and advertising and the multiple layers within your offer and what you can give away for free versus what you charge for and driving people in the door unbelievable information in those books. I don't have anything to do with them. If you buy them, I make nothing. I'm just telling you, unbelievable marketing information. But yes, once you figure your new unique offer out, then you got to figure out how to market it. And uh, that is a skill in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I don't follow Alex's stuff, but I've heard he's brilliant. Um, but I can, I agree hundred percent. That's marketing, that's visibility, that's messaging. Yep. So good, good, good distinction. So Brian, before I go to some fun questions, I would love it if you would share how our listeners can learn more about your work and maybe even a resource that they could tap into today. Yeah, so my website, which is brianwillmedia.com, brianwillmedia.com, in my website, you've got my podcasts, uh, all three of my books, my blogs, you can sign up for my newsletter. We do a newsletter every week. I've got a sales course in there. If you're in sales, it's called an intro master class to the psychology of sales and negotiation, which is after my second book. And by the way, if your readers do or your listeners do want to go in there, uh, Melanie, go to the go to the website, go to the master class. There's a coupon code put in the word sales, S-A-L-E-S. They can have it for free if you're listening to your podcast today. Uh, it's a great one hour course on the psychology of sales because sales is all about psychology. It's not about cheesy lines. Um, and if you learn the psychology, that's how you turn into a master salesperson. Hmm. But everything about me is there. So check it out. If you have any questions, drop me a message in there and I'll get back to you. Awesome. And what, what did you say the sales coupon, the sales is the coupon code, but what does that do for them? Yep. I'm going to just make a note so, of that for everybody. Yep. You go to, you go to the, the uh, training courses within the website and in the training courses, there is a sales and negotiation course. You click on that and enter the word sales in the coupon category, it'll get them the class for free. Ah, okay, this is a, This is a class I teach all over the country. I've, I've taught thousands of people. I'm going out to Washington State next week to teach this live uh, over three days to a sales team, uh, but they can have the one-hour intro class for free. Well, that is very generous of you. Thank you. And my friends, I will link this up in the show notes in case you were scrambling for a pen or feeling like you had to rewind a bunch of times to get that. Uh, we'll make sure that that's in the show notes. So it's super easy for you to find. Brian, this has been very insightful and I am excited to hear your answers to these two questions. Uh, the first one is, I believe that business, especially long-term business requires us to do some very bold things along the way. What would you say is the boldest thing you ever had to do that ended up massively amplifying the success of your business, whichever business you want to focus on? The boldest thing, I'm going to, I'm going to change that to maybe the hardest thing. And I'm going to go back okay. and say that the hardest thing in business is literally having the mental fortitude to push through the crap that will come at you, whether it's employees, customers, the government, whatever. If you're going to be successful, 
the more successful you are, the more stuff's going to come at you. And you've just got to have the ability to push through. And again, we're back to mentors and coaches again, because if you have a good one, that's where you take your challenge and you bounce it. And they can, again, you have a 30 degree blinder. They're looking at a 180 degree view. That's how they, that's why they can go. No, no, don't worry about that. going to be fine. And I would add to that. I would agree a hundred percent, by the way, I think that is the boldest thing. And often the hardest thing is to stay in the game when it gets really hard. Um, Another plug for coaching. And that is you talk about the 180 degree view. Also keep in mind, they've been there. They're looking at this from a different elevation as well. They may be ahead of you, but they're also able to look from a bird's eye view and see things very differently. And that insight is indispensable. Melanie, how many times have you been talking to one of your clients and they're going, but I don't see it. And you're like, but I do. I'm telling you, I can see it. It's right there. Just, I swear, listen to me. Like, I don't see it. Yes. And and I guess maybe let's just take that one step further. And then I've got a final wrap up question for you. And that is when you've invested in the right coaching and the right mentoring for you. And by the way, it's a very, I think it's a very personal decision. You know what's important to you. But one thing you need to do, I believe, is you need to hire a coach and a mentor that it's more than that they've done what you want to do, but you should have respect. But also, I think they should maybe terrify you just slightly. You do not need this person to be your best friend. You need them to be able to tell you what you need to hear and guide you to a place that you've never been before. So that's my take on it. I don't know if you have a different and, thought. And but... I, no, you're right. And I will tell you that the coach's worst worst nightmare is telling somebody, listen, I've already done what you're doing. And if you will do this and this and this, it will work. And they do two out of three and it fails. And then they blame you. And they're yes. like, well, I did it. Like, no, you didn't. I told you three things. And they say, well, but I only wanted to do the first two. Well, the first two isn't enough. You got to do everything I told you or it won't work. So your coach's worst nightmare is giving you advice that they know will work and then you not follow. Absolutely agree. 100%. Okay. Is there one thing when you look back in the trajectory of your business growth, all of them, is there one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Because now you know, wow, that made a big difference. Yeah. So the story is, uh, it was my first mentor. His name was Steve. And I'd been in business for 15 years when Steve and I partnered up on a deal. And we partnered up and we put about a half a million dollars of money into this thing. And I, Steve, I still wasn't my mentor. He was just a business partner. Hmm. And about nine months later, my accountant came into my office and he sat down. And he said, Brian, you have no money left. The money's gone. You owe a half a million dollars. This thing's going to bankrupt. You need to quit. And I was terrified. Like, what are you talking about? We've burned through a half a million dollars. We've generated no revenue. And he's like, nope. And Steve comes into my office that next day and he sits down. Now, Steve at this time is worth like $20 million and I'm worth like 20 bucks, right? Because he'd been successful and I hadn't. And he sat down and he said, we're going to put in our $66,000 into this company. And I said, Steve, we haven't made any money. He goes, it's going to work, Brian. And I'm like, but it's not working, Steve. He goes, it's going to work. I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. It's going to work. And I said, Steve. I'm a half a million in debt. This is not working. I'm going to go bankrupt. I can't do this. And this was my friend, Steve. And he said, Brian, I'm going to make you a deal then. Give me my equity back. You owe none of the money. I take care of all of it. You can walk away. We walk away as friends. I don't want money to come between us, but you need to make a decision. And I sat there looking at him for like 
two minutes with that ping pong ball in your head going, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And finally, I looked at this guy who's made millions and millions of dollars, and I'm looking at myself who hasn't. And I finally said, you know what? Fine, I'm in. If I'm going down, I'm going down with you. So I'm in. And that's when I made the decision to listen to somebody else who had been more successful for me. It was the first time I'd ever done it, and it was hard. And he said, okay, perfect. I never want to have this conversation again. I said, okay, Steve. Two months, two years later, we sold the company for $80 million. And I almost walked away. But I made a decision to listen to somebody. Hardest thing I'd ever done, but that was the first time I did it, and it made all the difference in the world. That's powerful. And I just have to reflect something back. I know you know this, but as you're listening in, I want to draw the distinction between who Brian listened to, because there's one person in his orbit who cautioned him and said, walk away, quit. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. And there was somebody else who believed in it more than Brian did in that moment. And he said, we can do this. It's your choice. If you want to stick with it, I'm sticking. Who you listen to is massively important. And I think one of the biggest reasons people fail in business is they listen to the wrong person in their orbit rather than the person who can take them where they need to go. I'll take that one down, one level down uh, for you, Melanie. One of my podcasts, the guy heard that story and he goes, the name of our podcast today is quit taking your own damn advice because I took my <laughs> own advice for 40 years and it didn't yes. work. And I finally chose to take somebody else's and it changed my life, my family, my grandchildren. Yes. Make sure you listen to the right people. That is a very powerful place in this conversation today. Wow. So good. Brian, thank you so much for bringing your 30 plus years of brilliant business wisdom and advice into our community today. As you're listening in and you got something out of today's episode, this is the day to share this episode, to tag Brian on social media. We'll link it all up in the show notes. Tell Brian something that was massively insightful and then go check out his site, brianwillmedia.com. And uh, I hope you will take advantage of this generous offer to get his sales training course for free. We will also link that up in the show notes. Brian, thank you so much. Melanie, thank you for having me on the Authority Amplifier. I appreciate it very much. Today was a good day. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. <laughs>